California, Meltdown Comics and Collectibles presents The History of the Batman with London. Reliving the defining moments of one of the most iconic figures in comic art and literature, The Batman. 75 plus years of history we are going to be bringing to you with the wonderful, the fabulous, the lovely London. London, tell the world a little bit about who you are. (laughs) Well, hey, everyone listening. I'm really just like probably all of you guys listening. I'm a huge comic book fan. I have been since I was little. I just started reading comics and looking at the animated series and all the movies of all superheroes, not just Batman. I'm not just a DC person. I'm a Marvel and all kinds. And I really started getting into comics in a more critical aspect when I studied um, as an art historian at Loyola Marymount University. I started in 08, graduated in 2013, and it all really started with having to research about World War II propaganda um, and how it was kind of implemented into comic books and how heroes such as Captain America came into play for Marvel and pretty much his role as giving support to the American troops overseas. And I saw this not just with Marvel, but with also Superman and Batman and Robin and World's Finest, you know, supporting war bonds and all of the art that I loved even before had a new meaning it represented more than just someone drawing it. It had a context, and that really fascinated me, and I wanted to learn more about it. So I studied pretty much American pop art in the 1960s. You know, my favorite was Lichtenstein and Warhol and how they're, you know, they used the comic book medium pretty much to get out their own ways of, um, presenting their art and that's pretty much where I got more just pretty much into comic books okay well wow I mean first of all <laughs> that is amazing <laughs> so talk a little bit first about the fact that you are you studied art history right um I first when I went into LMU I was just I just studied history just in a general sense um but I took a course on modern art and I figured seeing all of this art it all is connected to some type of context within history whether whatever period from renaissance to modern and I really loved putting those two things together looking at an artwork looking at the artist and what they were trying to represent within their artwork and how it reflected either on the times or what they were going through and that kind of felt like the same thing to me with comic book art when any writer or artist you know presents any type of hero I feel that they're trying to send out some type of message within that within that story even if it just seems like a simple you know we have to catch the bad guy before they rob another bank in Gotham or you know we have to save Metropolis from this giant monster that Lex Luthor has created with LexCorp I feel that there's always an underlining meaning with any story that you find even if it's either silly or dark and so I always loved how comics can kind of 
you know, they're not just for kids, first of all. I mean, there's a, obviously a huge audience that, you know, it ranges from kids from the age of 10 to the age of 80, right. you know. And I think comics, you know, are still so popular today because it kind of can connect people to certain things happening in the world or just to their own, you know, what's going on with them and relating to the characters, relating to the stories. And so, yeah, I mean, with the, I mean, studying art history, you study all of it. You start from the beginning, um, you know, with the cave paintings and wall paintings and things like that, and you go through all the periods, and then you pretty much narrow it down to what you are interested in. Right, so that's where the comic books came in for you. Right. So real quick, just to backtrack here. Of course. so my name's Adam Silverstein. I am uh, Chief Experience Officer here at Meltdown. And we are super proud to present this History of the Batman uh, podcast where you, London, get to really kind of just add another element to what you've already established. Now, you did mention a bit about the art history and what you studied in school. You went to LMU. Right. Uh, fantastic. So you've got some credentials here, <laughs> but talk a little bit. We're going to get into uh, how you got into Batman specifically in comic books in your early life, but talk a little bit about what you've been doing. I mean, we came to you and you came to us. Uh, we've kind of had a um, a working relationship or friend relationship. It's been something here because you kind of been in tune with what Meltdown is about, and we've been in tune about what you're about. But tell us a little bit about the social media stuff that you're doing that kind of brought us together. Okay. Well, it all started pretty much with a fan page. I started it in January of 2013, so about a little over two years ago. And I was, at the time, actually studying and focusing on Egyptology. And I had my own um, Tumblr just talking about, you know, different monuments and and just all different types of history with that and providing visuals and then giving full content, you know, backgrounds and things like that. It kind of played into what I was studying. And I wanted to do that with Batman because he was my favorite. And so I tried to look for that on Instagram, which at the time I was just like learning about and I had my own personal page and things like that. But I wanted to find, you know, oh, you know, everyone posts these beautiful pictures but I wanted to see something that had more content to it. You know, if you see a cover, you know, who did it and why did they do it and what is it a part of and kind of put it in a perspective and not just So you're effectively telling the story behind the picture. Exactly, because Instagram is, of course, based just on, you know, pictures. That's what you post. So I decided, you know, I had like probably without a day off <laughs> from studying. And I just created a page. And my very first post was Detective Comics 27 from 1939. And I didn't do every single comic in order, but I just kind of started off with the first, you know, his first year in Detective Comics because he was by himself until Robin came in, you know, and, I just started, you know, just in order, did 39, did 40, and I did it for about a few months, and I got a lot of great feedback. You know, 
I started the page really well, for me. Real quick, what was some just, of the feedback you were getting? People liked the fact that they were getting information about more about Batman because they're like, oh, we know that it's Detective Comics 27, but they didn't. They may not have even known what the story was about. They know, okay, that's the comic where, you know, he's swinging through the air and has this bad guy in his arm. And purple and, gloves. You know, yes, purple gloves, you know, the gray and blue suit and, you know, the swept cowl and all of that. And they can visualize the cover, but they may not know what's inside. And we all know that with comic books, the cover is pretty much the selling point. So I wanted to show more than just that, maybe panels or talk about just the development of the character itself and kind of in a chronological order not just at random you not not start with the 30s and then go to the 70s and it kind of makes sense but people were saying i like this format i've you know i haven't seen anything like this on instagram and i like learning more about batman that i didn't know before like stories or about when certain characters first emerge it's like their first appearances that's always popular and things so like you would you would take a picture or right. some kind of the cover of the issue of Batman, right. post it on Instagram, and then write a little blurb on what that was about? Pretty much. It would be just, if it was Detective Comics 27, I would say, this is the title of it. It came out this year, the writer and the artist, and then just pretty much a quick synopsis in general of what the story was about. And... It's, you know, it's not a thing of trying to give spoilers away to anyone, but it's more of just giving a general feel for someone who wants, you know, who's interested. And then they go in, they're like, I want to read this. And they may go out and read it themselves or look more into it. Would you give more than just a synopsis of the story? Would you give some context about the historical um setting in which it's done or things of that nature oh definitely um especially when i first started i focused more on the creators of batman you know i talked a little bit about bob kane and how he was a comic news strip um artist and how after superman was created um that they wanted to bring in another superhero and kind of his inspirations and then how Bill Finger came into the picture and transformed the look of him. So it depended on the time period. Every era gave more background. So once you got into the 40s and you, you know, World War II came to a head, you know, that definitely played into the postings. And that would be, you know, after I post a comic, I'll like talk about, you know, the time period and why, you know, you'll see Superman and, and Batman and Robin throwing, you know, stuff at that Japanazis, which is so not PC for today, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> but things like that, that you see represented just what was happening in the time. Right. And, and just how, when characters emerged, such as Robin, you know, when he first came in, he was brought in to make Batman less dark because he was just a masked vigilante wielding, you know, a gun and he, he you know, he killed and he was kind of vicious. He was a really dark pulp fiction type right. of character. But once he became so popular and they wanted to get a younger audience, they introduced Dick Grayson. Isn't that kind of also so interesting how when Frank Miller then came and turned him dark again? Exactly. It's just every era it's been it's been from dark and then it got really, really light. But right. then from that silver age kind of light gimmicky thing we, you know, 
got the Batman live action show, which took Batman from one place just in comics and made him a cultural icon. And, you know, and so even though some people prefer the dark Batman, you know, that's all gritty, you know, they don't like when he's smiling on a cover or, you know, the G gollies that are everywhere that were in the 50s and 60s, all of it represents a time in Batman. And it's all important because that's it's the character. It's the character. Yeah, and evolves. it's so dynamic. It's not just been, you know, you know, a stable, you know, this is just how he is. Right. So also let me ask you this then. Sure. What you've done the um the the covers, but you you've done more now than just covers and and stayed in a chronological order, is that correct? Yes. What what are you doing now? What kind of where do you see the postings that you're doing now? Cuz I see that you do video games, you 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 talk about toys, you talk about a number of things that are related to Batman, right. not just the chronological order. Right, and I usually, if I do a particular, each week it'll be something new. Usually in the beginning of the week, I'll stick to the actual chronological order. Like right now, we're in the year 2012, and so I'll cover maybe the beginnings of New 52 publications. But from like Nerd Wednesday, Wednesday on, I'll pick a topic. And I cover everything from the comics to film to the video games to toys to merchandising, anything that is relevant to the topic. Like a couple weeks ago, I did Batman and video games and just started from his first 8-bit in 1986 to how Arkham Knight's going to come out in June and how that itself, the visuals and the gameplay and everything kind of evolved, you know, Batman isn't just in comics. And a lot of people have only maybe seen the movies or have only played the video games. There are so many different generations that follow that I've learned that some people's first introduction was the 1989 Tim Burton movie with Michael Keaton and Jack Nicholson. But then other people's was, you know... The um, Lego Batman. Right, Lego Batman. Or even just the Nolanverse, those movies. That might have been their first introduction. And so I like to add in more things, especially with comics. Because if you like the movies so much and... I would feel like you would want to know what inspired the movies. Right. Most people always say the book is better. Right. <laughs> and that's probably true for a lot of comic books. Right. And a lot of times with the movies, it takes from so many different sources, you know, comics and even television, that it's it's just interesting to see how maybe your favorite part of Batman developed from things that were created years prior to its existence. So... So, how often do you post? Pretty much daily. And I try to do, I usually do a an intro, like a good morning or a good afternoon, just saying hi to everybody and giving an overview of like, this is what we're going to talk about today. And then I try to do about two to three posts, depending on what we're talking about. And then if there's any breaking news or anything, you know, comes up, then, you know, I'll talk about it. Right, you you said you mentioned to me off the air about uh, the importance of accurate breaking news. Right. Tell me a little <laughs> bit about that philosophy. Well, right now, especially with the DC Cinematic Universe kind of getting itself together, there is 
every day there is a rumor or someone saying something about either the Batman versus Superman movie or just anything really, whether it's a movie or video games or comics even. And a lot of times there is no confirmation source. And there are pages which are just fine, the formatting is fine, that, you know, we'll talk about anything that comes out, you know, even if they're like, this is probably just pure rumor, but this came out today. And since I post more content than just, you know, news, and I try to keep it in a formatted way and kind of on schedule, so I'm not all over the place, you know, I kind of want the page to look organized and kind of, you know, it when you look at it if you're a new follower and we're right in the middle of something you know we're right in the middle of talking about a character or talking about a game that you can jump right in and it makes sense so when news comes out i want it to be legitimate i want it, i want either a quote or it's from either a director a producer a writer or artist um for instance probably about a, f- a month ago um, there was a rumor that Frank Miller was coming back with The Dark Knight Returns, the third chapter. And even though it's like that, it could possibly be true. N- the No writer, no artist, no one in, you know, in the industry, DC Entertainment, no one announced it. It was just, this is what we heard. Mm. And even though people said, why aren't you talking about this? I'm like, I'm going to wait for an actual source to come out. And then when C2E2 started, DC Entertainment announced that Frank Miller is coming with this. And it's like, okay, it -hmm. was true, but I want to, you know, when I say it and I tell people, because a lot of times when I post it, that's the first time they're hearing about it. They don't even hear about it from other places. And I've had people say, she only posts, you know, the news that's real, you know, then so this is, this is legitimate. And I kind of like that. Right. So it's, I wonder if that's a little bit of your art historian Roots, because obviously you want accurate right. reporting. Accuracy is very important to me. You know, when I write out all of the synopsis and give, you know, the dates and the comic book numbers and all of that, I try my best to make sure all of it is accurate. You know, I don't want to just make up stuff, you know, especially since it's supposed to be a page that kind of gives you information and you don't want any of that information to be false. So, and yeah, that kind of spawns from doing, you know, all of the research that I did while I was at LMU. I mean, it's pretty much, it's like doing mini research every day and kind of putting it on Instagram. But I, I like that because even if there's a story that someone's like, I don't like this story, you know, I don't like the way that it played out. I don't like the way it was, you know, drawn or written. It's, you know, it is pretty much how it was created. Like you got a lot of complaints about the way Jared Leto looks. Right, exactly. You know. By the way, that's Adam, another Adam, <laughs> who is our silent but deadly co-co-host. <laughs> so, sorry, we have to introduce you, my friend, even though you're in the shadows like the Batman. <laughs> but go on. But exactly. I mean, there are a lot. I mean, and people have opinion and I don't mind anyone's opinion as long as everyone respects each other's opinion. I don't mind, you know, what they comment or talk and say. Um, But yeah, I'm really big on giving accurate information. So when people go to it and they maybe want to further 
their research by just actually reading the material or watching the movie or playing the video game or whatever media we're talking about, they can do it and use that kind of as a source to move forward. Right. So you said you post on Instagram and that's uh, where can people find that? Um, if you just, well, even if you just type into Google history of the Batman, it pops up. But if you go to Instagram.com slash history of the Batman, mm-hmm. all, all one word. And now do, the, up, do these definitely. do these posts not only go to Instagram, but other social media sites? Um, the All of the Batman sessions that we do go to Tumblr. So that's history of the Batman.tumblr.com. So if you go there and... I have a Facebook as well. It's not as updated as maybe Instagram and Tumblr, but if you are more comfortable on Facebook and you're more active, just go to facebook.com slash history of the Batman and it pops right up. Are you also on Twitter? Yep. I'm on twitter.com slash hist, H-I-S-T of the Batman. Couldn't get the whole word in. Okay. (laughs) And so pretty much if anyone uh, that's listening wanted to be up on what's going on, with the history of the Batman, they'd search out one of those sites, follow, and you would send out new updates every time. Yep, every I try to keep it as you know, I try to keep it daily or at least as updated or keep the followers in the loop. Just if for some reason you know I can't, I'm not able to post or I have to take a break or if something you know I I really appreciate all of the followers that are on the page because when I created it two years ago, I had no idea that it would grow at all. Talk a little bit about that. So you created this site. Uh, you started with Instagram. I started with Instagram, yes. And you did it because it mar- it married two of your passions. Right. Art, history, and comic and books. And comics. And specifically Batman. <laughs> uh, by the way, you're wearing a Batman shirt, <laughs> a Batman pin, and you've got Batman shoes on. Yes, even if you can't see me, I'm Batman all the time. Okay. <laughs> So it's legit. <laughs> this is a true uh, and legitimate source that um, is, you know, talking about Batman. So you started with Instagram and you did it on your own for your own right. pleasure. It was really, it started just really for me. I didn't create it to try to get a huge following or anything. I wanted to, you know, learn more about a character that I had been reading for years, but kind of in a more constructive and informative way. I mean, I wanted to know when the first time certain characters emerged and when certain artists started and writers. And I got a lot of feedback saying that they like the format. They like how it's in chronological order. They like knowing more about you know, especially the early years, a lot of people, the 40s and 50s, you know, that's probably the time period where people, you know, know less about, even though that is one of my favorites. The golden age of comics is definitely one of my favorites to talk about just in general. But what is funny is that I guess while I was doing it maybe two months in and I was, you know, crammed with midterms and just life in general, I kind of stalled on the page and I didn't do it for a month. But then I kept receiving all of these comments from people saying, where did you go? We're only in 1950. I thought you were going to continue. And that actually was a reinforcement to go, okay, I'll keep going. So did you see the followers increase or? Um, When I first started the first week, 
I had about a thousand people. All a thousand in the first a week. A thousand in the first week, and that how was many posts were got a thousand? Probably followers? about fifteen. Wow. And I was already shocked at that. You should. And be. you know, I didn't know what was you know oh what's a lot and what's not because you know I just. I just had an Instagram just for fun for me, you know. I post my family and, you know, my friends and my dog. You know, I I don't really know the, you know, what's a large page and what's popular. But when I stalled, I had probably about 1,400 people, and it just stayed that way. The number didn't rise or fall, but I kept getting people saying, come back and do it. So, like, about in April of that year, I just continued, and I finished the 50s and the 60s, and I kind of just kept going. And probably by the time I got to the 80s, I suppose, and it was like almost a year in, I had about 30,000. And to me, I was like, this is crazy. I, I mean, I didn't even know, you know, that's why every day, even if it sounds cheesy or corny or fake to people, I always say thank you so much for following and the support because you don't have to. You know, no one is forcing anyone to follow or to like or to comment or give all the kind words and everything. And it just it just grew like rapid fire after, like I said, after about the 30,000, I would just keep it would just keep growing and growing and growing. And by last Christmas, it hit 100K. Whoa. (laughs) Where are you at right now? Right now, I just I think it just is that. It's at 146,000. 146,000. Wow. And I can't <laughs> I can't even imagine. And so I felt with that you know, I talk about Batman comics and all the media, but I also love to share artists because my passion is art and there are so many artists, not just professional but amateurs who are either trying to break into the business or that's just a hobby of theirs that they can draw and they want to draw their favorite characters and I share their work. Wow. And a lot of the artists have been so happy to have that kind of exposure, even though to me you know, I I don't like I said. I still am shocked that that's the number is still growing, but I feel like it's because of the followers. And I always try to do stuff that kind of you know makes them continue to like want to stay. You know, especially like I like to give back, and I'll do small giveaways and things like that from time to time when I can. Or even right now, um, because of the Batman versus Superman Dawn of Justice. Uh, first trailer released a lot of people were sending me fan art of the armored batman the batman suit so i said you know let's just do a feature if you have any artwork based off of any of the characters from that movie send it in in a a direct message and we'll feature start featuring them you know as many as i get i'll do it a week or every other week and you know i just want to share people's enthusiasm for the film in a different way i mean well, it sounds really quite special, the bond you've kind of formed with these followers. Right. I don't, and I mean, I don't see them as a number. Right. You know, they're, I mean, they are, there are a lot of loyal people. Some people told me, I've been following you since you had 2,000 followers. And I'm like, that's insane. You've been following for two years. That's, mm-hmm. even though it's a social media app and it's fun, that's still, to me, you know, uh, investment somehow right. that they check daily that they want to see. I mean, when I don't post 
on a day they're like are you okay <laughs> you got they're a lot like, of friends caring for right. you right and it's people that are from all around the world which is crazy i mean i get people saying greetings from australia and greetings from zimbabwe and just it's crazy how much it's been exposed and people enjoy it and i think the best thing i get out of it is when someone tells me i've never heard of this story before and i want to go out and read it mm -hmm. i mean one person even told me i've never even read a comic before but because of this post i want to start reading them that's great and that is like all the reward you know that i really would want you know i I'm so appreciative of all of the support that other people outside of the page have given, especially Meltdown and the relationship we've formed. And I think that Meltdown is not just a comic book store. It's, it appeals to everything in pop culture in this industry. We'll talk about Meltdown in a second. But <laughs> I, I, what I really want to get to and just maybe even close the point, but just how you respect the followers and – I mean, almost, I don't even know if you'd call them followers because they almost seem like a, it's like a own community that you've kind of activated and got excited about comics right. and Batman. But the respect, I mean, I think it's super cool that you actually thank them. I do every day. I thank them every day for following. And I all, and I try to assure that even the environment, the comments and everything, you know, everyone is respected. Everyone is kind of, you know, friendly and no one you know kind of goes out because you know there there are people that become passionate and you know want to say things and opinion is fine but as i said earlier as long as everyone respects one another i'm fine with conversation and debates and all kinds of things but i just wanted to be kind of yeah kind of like a community where people who like batman can just come and talk about Batman and, you know, enjoy the artwork, enjoy the information, enjoy the other people who are excited as they are. Well, it sounds like it's, you set the foundation for really an intelligent and fun discussion, right? Because right. what you seem to have in a lot of these websites, you just have people um, posting comments and, and statements and they're they're not substantiated. They're rude. They're just, it's opinion. Everyone's fighting with each other. Right. And yours, it seems like, hey, look, here's the basis. We've got some historical foundation. Let's lay that out. Exactly. And now let's actually talk about it in a fun way. Right. And even when I talk about news, I try to not be biased. I kind of just give, like, you know, the facts and what it's about, especially even though. Um, like, for instance, when the Batgirl Joker variant um, controversy happened and uh, the artist canceled the, the cover, you know, I talked about it, but I didn't give an opinion. And everybody, everyone else said they either loved it or they hated it or this is wrong or, you know, and, you know, and I let that discussion go because I think it should be discussed mm -hmm. because it's different because with that situation an outsider who maybe doesn't know the context and why it looks the way it does and what it's from you know they may find it offensive and you don't know that you know but if you are you know batman fans like you know i am and know exactly where it's from and why it's a great piece of work and things like that you have a totally different perspective and so i like people to you know give their different perspectives even if it's totally different from mine because I feel like that's not necessarily my job my opinion I have tons of opinions but I like to give facts right 
I think that's the most important because, you know, I if I'm talking about a character that I love, I may be more enthusiastic, you know, writing up that post and maybe other things. Right. But, you know, I try to keep it as, you know, everything is kind of on an even playing field as possible. But I let the followers and the people, you know, talk about it amongst themselves. That sounds great. Have, have you had any of the followers ask you specifically to uh, review a period or review a certain story or a cover? And oh, kinda, definitely, can yeah. You, can you talk a little bit about maybe one of those? Give um, me an example of that. I had um, a lot of people want me to talk about Jason Todd, that character. Um, and I first actually did his early years because a lot of people know him as the Red Hood which I always find interesting, but they won't know that he was the second Robin after Dick Grayson. And so I said, okay, I'll talk about Jason Todd. And I dedicated a week and it was called Jason Todd, the boy wonder. And just that progression of him being introduced and his background and how he was kind of a carbon copy of Dick Grayson and how, you know, pretty much he, Dick Grayson got older <laughs> and he joined the Teen Titans and then he, you know, took up the persona as Nightwing and all of that. But yeah, a lot of people, they'll do requests and, you know, I'll, and I take that into consideration, you know, if I have something planned out, you know, already like, gonna oh, do then it. I'm going to do it. But if people are like, oh, I want to, you know, learn more about this, then I do like, I like jot that down. I'm like, okay, that's something. And, um, and yeah, I definitely take it into consideration or I'll even have pe the followers involved in how the next session goes. Like, I think the most fun I did um, was I had the I had a post and I said, just name your favorite Batman the Animated Series episode. And there are probably about 400 comments in there, but I went through every single one and tallied them up and I did a top 10. Wow. And so that whole week, I just, you know, went through each episode, talked about, you know, when it came out, you know, and what it's about and why it's probably a favorite. So I like to involve the followers and things like that, too, you know, because they'll they liked it. And that was one of probably the best weeks that they enjoyed. I think me, that, too. <laughs> yeah, it sounds fun. Uh, a lot of TV watching, I'm sure, also. Yeah, but that's that's not work to me. Right. Well, so that brings me to the next question. How do you actually do the research? Oh, that's, it depends. I either, either have the comics or I have them through either online or myself, or I have trade paperbacks, or I try to actually read the comic as much as possible to give as, as much of a detailed analysis as possible you know sometimes i'll use outside sources just to give the in general like writer pencil or inker that i may not know off the top of my head and to assure that i have accurate information but just all different types of sources from online to out of the library to out of my own library it just depends you know articles journals just either blog pieces but i try to put that even as a source even though I don't have to I put it at the end of each caption just in case like you know if you want to know where I got this from or like any type of pieces you can go and look at it yourself but I always recommend read the actual material that's yeah. that's the better thing that'll be way more you know informative than anything that I could ever say in a general sense so the early stuff how did you actually 
do the reading on that? Did you go? I mean, what books? How did oh, you get well, those Oh, well, I books? had, I mean, I love the Batman Chronicles trade paperback series, which are, is. Are those the black and white ones? The yeah. The old, thick well, ones? Um, no, I, I actually, I have to have it in color. Okay. It really, oh. <laughs> it bothers me to see a black and white because I'm like, no, this isn't. It's you not know, the way it was it's presented. It's not the way it was presented. Because I've seen those, and I always figured, okay, they have all of it. But no, it's, um, yeah, it's just called the Batman Chronicles, and it's just, it's had about 12 volumes. But yeah, it, it literally gives an exact chronology of Batman comics. So in the early ones, that's what I used. And I had a lot of different um, books on kind of the Golden Age, because that's a period I'm most interested in, um, is the Golden Age. So the 40s and the 50s. So I had like the the big DC volume, the Silver Age of DC Comics, and not just talks about Batman, but all of the DC heroes, Superman. So you'll Flash. read the comic books. Do you read the uh, actual print books that describe or go right. over like how Batman? Right. Is? You know, I'll read any book or material that kind of will give me more insight to what I'm actually reading about. Um, so as much as I can, but for the most part, going kind of in the chronological order, it was just kind of doing the comics and picking out the ones that are the most important like when you first you know see uh julie madison when you first are introduced to the joker and catwoman when you're first introduced to two-face and kind of all of those characters the penguin that are all you know were really the main reoccurring rogues during that time so the sources kind of come from everywhere but i try to get it like i said accuracy is key the online app has made the uh, older comics a lot more accessible. Right. The iPad with the DC Comics app. Mm-hmm. Uh, the DC Comics app is like one of my best friends. I use it in, all the time. And especially since Batman had its 75th anniversary last year, they had all of the older issues kind of for free. Oh, I don't wow. know if a lot of people didn't know that, <laughs> but that was, you know, a great source. And it's, you know, even though it's digitalized and everything, the colors are so crisp and, you know, and you can zoom in on the panels and all of that. Actually, really I'm a big fan of the digital comic, too. Yeah. I love the print. I love mm-hmm. the book. I'll always buy it. Right. But I do love the digital experience as because well. Because sometimes the digital experience is way better because it's, it's kind of um, unfortunate when you open up a, you know, you're on a page and then, you know, something is happening and you can already see what's about to happen next because it's on the next page. Whereas with digital comics, you can swipe to your own pace and you can already have that kind of surprise of what's on the next page. But with print, even though I love print, print is still my favorite. Um, sometimes the digital. Yeah. Panel comics. to panel is exactly. a nice, a nice thing. Yes. Um, so are you. I, I mean, I know it's a crazy question, and I already know the answer, but are you current on your Batman titles? I'm trying to be as much as possible. The, the, the DC universe has been crazy with convergence and everything, but I did stay up to date with Batman and Detective Comics. I actually just read Batman 40 that came out this week, at the conclusion of Endgame, which was fantastic. I think Snyder and Capullo really did a great job with wrapping that up and how... Batman and Joker's relationship, you know, it was a big, you know, shocker for everyone, the ending, but it kind of still calls back to the relationship that they have been sharing for the past 75 years. It kind of all cultivated right into that last, you know, scene. So what what current DC Batman related 
universe titles are you trying to keep up with as best as possible? I am. I've always been a fan of Batgirl. I'm wearing Batgirl shirt, even though you can't see it. <laughs> but I like Batgirl, and I'm a huge fan of. Um, I like the Catwoman, even though people have kind of like a little thing about it. And then, I mean, those pretty much Batman, Detective Comics, Batgirl, Catwoman. Those are my main ones. And then, you know, I like Superman and, you know, and try to keep up with action comics. And, you know, I like the like Green Lantern corpse when it was, you know, current and things like that. And um, just I had a lot in my pull box and then it just kind of got overwhelming with other stuff. Mm-hmm. So it's hard to try to keep up, but I try to keep up as current as possible, especially with issues that came out this week that are kind of really big deal. And it kind of makes you think about all of the past comics before with these characters. Um, but yeah, so I try to keep up with, with different ones for DC and then, you know, I try to keep up with Marvel and then Image and just different. It just depends. You're a busy woman. Oh, I don't sleep. Right. <laughs> and you're also a preschool I'm teacher. I'm a preschool teacher, yes. So you that do that is... during the day, comics and posts at night. Pretty much. Oh, man. <laughs> well, that is very impressive. Obviously, it shows a lot of dedication to something that you clearly love and uh, clearly that your fans appreciate. Yeah. I mean, it's. It's all, it's just, it's just a fan page that just grew. But I mean, everyone, I mean, when they say, you know, people are surprised, I think, which I I always find funny is that I'll talk to them. You know, if they comment to me, I'll respond or I'll respond to a message. You know, if they want to show me, you know, their new tattoo or their new art or some or a new T-shirt they got or just anything or even just saying, I really like this page and I'll respond. They're like, whoa, you have such a big page. I didn't think you would respond. I'm like, we're all fans and no one. I, no one's better than anyone else. So do your fans currently <laughs> know that you're doing a podcast? No, I have not announced that to them yet. So. Wow, what a nice surprise. <laughs> no one knows yet except pretty much the people in this room. <laughs> okay, well, we'll get this together and get this out to them because I'm sure they're going to be excited to hear a little bit about this. Talk real quick about... You, you mentioned pull box, so obviously you buy comic books. Right. And we are sitting here in Hollywood, California, at the famous Meltdown Comics on Sunset Strip. Talk a little bit about how you came to be a customer, a fan, and a basic family member of Meltdown. Well, I used, I mean, I would just come, even though I'm currently in Culver City, that's where I live, I would love to go to the small events you guys had. And I just loved the store in general. Just walking in, it felt like almost like an art gallery to me with all of the posters and the comics and just the the, the toys and the merchandise. It felt very, you know, comforting, you know, because every comic book store, you know, it's like stacks and stacks and stacks of books. And, you know, every store is designed differently. But I felt that how Meltdown, you know, is kind of, it's right on sunset. It's kind of more like a pop culture store than just comics. You know, you can get comics, you can get a pull box that, you know, here and everything and you can come weekly. But I always felt that, you know, Meltdown could always give more to especially the people that follow the page. And so um, especially when you guys had, you know, guests come, especially Grant Morrison, that was probably 
the most memorable for me because I am a huge fan of his work and I've never got to talk to or meet him at a con or anything like that. And, you know, I loved his book, Super Gods, and I'm just a fan of all of his work. And so when there's opportunities like that, I feel like that's people should be able to experience that. Right. You know, you guys don't just do comics. You do just just everything. Yeah. And I really enjoyed that. And then, you know, once I got to start talking to you guys and you guys are so supportive of the page, you know, I just really liked pretty much the family that Meltdown has. And that's how it feels like. It's not just, you know, two people running a store and just trying to get people to buy their merchandise. You know, they're really invested into getting people in. And, you know, I really liked that dynamic. So, yeah, um, I think we look at it as kind of like a, a community center for right. pop culture um you know participants right where you can kind of do your own thing and feel accepted and uh you know you know empowered to expand right exactly so so which brings (laughs) me to my next point so the plan that we've got right now is that we're going to start doing some podcasts with you on a weekly basis and it's going to be like we said the history of the batman so what can we look forward to? What do you hope to be able to bring to your fans and to do with this wonderful opportunity to actually connect? Well, I feel that even though I try to give as much information in each caption as possible, there is a limit. And with some, you know, with pretty much any topic in the Batman mythos, you can go on and on and really dive into the actual material. And I feel that with each session, you know, even right now, talking about the Joker and celebrating his 75th anniversary, even though each thing we've been going in chronological order and highlighting, you know, his biggest, you know, comics and, you know, live action and movies and television, all of that, I think kind of diving more into it and giving more almost, you know, a description about what you're seeing and, you know, kind of expanding more on why this particular comic or movie or TV series or video game or whatever it is or this time period was so crucial or important to understanding more about Batman who I'm figuring is one of everyone's favorite characters who follows the page. So I think people can get more information and learn more. And I think it's more exciting to maybe, you know, hear, you know, the information pour out than just having to scroll and read it. It's kind of more inviting. It becomes more personal because, like I said, I really do appreciate all of the followers and I don't just see them as numbers. I see them as people and I feel like I can just, even though they may not be talking back, I can talk to them and kind of show more of my enthusiasm for the content that I share every day. Well, I definitely see the enthusiasm uh, visually, but (laughs) I can feel it as well. And I'm very excited that uh, Meltdown can host you and give you this platform in which to really connect with the fans because obviously we love your fans too. I mean, they are you know, pop culture fans, I can assume. And right. uh, we want to invite them as well Definitely. into the family of Meltdown, into the history of Batman. So before we close uh, and this, you know, session, this episode session, I don't know what that means, <laughs> but uh, this this podcast, 
just give us a little hint of kind of what you're going to provide. And I want to ask you about the topic that you already discussed and just get a little bit more information because I want some context to it. So you mentioned uh, the the Batman cover, or the I'm sorry, the Batgirl cover with right. Joker standing right behind her. Right. And if you could maybe describe that cover okay. and talk a little bit about the context and kind of give the fans a hint of how you'll be addressing topics in, in, in the upcoming episodes. Okay, well, that cover was for... Well, first off, in June, DC Comics is celebrating Joker by having 25 different Joker variant covers for all of the publications, and one was for Batgirl number 41, and it was by artist Raphael Albuquerque, and pretty much it is in a black background, and you see Joker, who's in his pretty much, you know, pink hat and flowered you know kind of almost vacation like outfit having his fingers pointed to as shaped as a gun um to Batgirl's face and it's creating a bloody smile and the way that the Joker looks and the way that he is you know presented to Batgirl and their stance it is paying homage to Alan Moore's Batman The Killing Joke which is a one shot graphic novel from 1988 and it had art by Brian Boland and what that references and is one of the most important Joker I suppose stories probably ever written thus far is it not only gives Joker's origin story but in the comic Joker um, shoots and paralyzes Barbara Gordon who at the time was Batgirl which ultimately had her had to have her retire as Batgirl and even though it brought the amazing character Oracle um, for it was not only when The Killing Joke was um, published it was controversial but I guess with the creative team of Batgirl right now with Cameron Stewart and Babs Tarr and Brendan Fletcher um, it's very lighthearted and optimistic and she's young and she's you know she lives in like the hip town of part of Gotham and I guess the vibe I suppose with that and her stories that um, the first you know several issues are presented with this cover um, rubbed people the wrong way because it calls back to a Joker's story where he pretty much violates her and you know takes away something that was really important to I think a lot of female readers of DC at the time because Batgirl was such an inspirational and important character and then it's kind of stripped away by um, and this awful act of violence but I guess looking at it from a historical sense and an artistic sense the cover in my opinion, was something that, you know, the homage was just perfect. It, you know, represented, you know, it's celebrating Joker's 75 years. And within that 75 years, he has done terrible things. And that is why, I mean, he's a villain. He's not a hero. He's not the good guy. He's the bad guy. And that story was really important to not just, you know, setting a status quo for Batgirl, but for Batman, because that story was one of the most awful for him. And it 
brought such a psychological toll on him. And with, you know, the when everyone went to Twitter and did hashtag change the cover and was attacking DC and the artists and the creative team because people just felt insulted by this work and they took it down, you know, it was kind of unfortunate because it's a piece of art that represents a very important part of Joker's history and that's what these variant, variant covers are supposed to show. Um, so, you know, I couldn't go into, like I said, I don't really do opinion really on the on the blog, but, you know, I can kind of go into more of my viewpoint and kind of give more context as to why maybe this cover was important. Right. Now, now the artist, though, the artist took down the cover on his own. Is that accurate? Right. He pretty much went to D.C. and said, I did, in, in general sense, I did not expect this response. I don't want to disrespect anybody. So I'm asking D.C. to take down the cover and D.C. Um, Was there also an issue about communication to the artist? Ver because I understood that maybe the story was written and the uh, cover artist didn't have access to the story and was just told to do a certain piece in homage to the Alan Moore cover. Right. I mean, pretty much, I think, um, from what I mean, I read the artist, he chose that because it was Batgirl. <laughs> and I think it really didn't... Um, you know, it wasn't necessarily that it had to match, you know, whatever story was in Batgirl 41, but just that's what he wanted, he chose to represent. You know, we've seen other covers and, you know, they might not be as violent or, you know, kind of connect to something, you know, as kind of, you know, that kind of upsets people even still today, the story itself. Um, but I think... It just in general, the the artist just didn't. I think he didn't expect all of the kind of threats that DC was receiving, and kind of just the negative feedback, you know. And like I said, some people from the outside they might not understand the connection, but then the people who are fans or have read it, you know, they're like, "This is this is awesome," right? You know, it's kind of it wasn't so much about the story; it was more about the Batman mythos in general. Right, exactly. It wasn't just about, but I think just because, I I mean, this is just my, my opinion. I think just in general that this Batgirl, before, you know, Gail Simone ended her um, run, and it was kind of more darker, you know, it was kind of a dark story, and this one's very light and airy and fun, and then I think, you know, it's a variant cover, and it's not necessarily the cover that's going to be on, <laughs> you know, the regular one. But, you know, people were, you know, protesting and saying, I'm not going to buy your comic if you post this because, you know, it's disrespectful. And it was a it was a surprising controversy to me. But reading things nowadays, I think any little thing that people aren't necessarily fully comfortable with kind of sets them off. Right. And, you know, some things, you know, give people more of a tick than others okay well that is <laughs> i mean this is great stuff so what can we look forward to in the next podcast what will what what do you think we'll be talking about in the next episode well since i kind of wanted to give the same thing that i'm doing right now a week ago today um batman number one from 
April 25th of 1940 was published and the Joker made his first appearance and it marks 75 years and I really wanted to just you know kind of give almost a crash course on Joker and why even today he's still one of the most iconic figures in Batman's history and why he as a character is probably one of the most important to Batman and how they coexist and how they kind of are mirrors of each other and how you can see that with all of the comics and the films and the movies and the you know television series and all of that and just show that Joker isn't just a random bad guy he is someone that you know really reflects on what Batman represents in the DC universe well that is exciting i'm excited for the next episode and I hope the listeners are excited as we are. So I would say that if you are listening to this live or within the week that it is put online, tune in next week. And if you are binge listening, well, then get ready to reload the next episode because I think it's time we get into a little bit of the Joker. And I'm excited to do so. I'm excited too. So I'd like to shout out your fans because I think <laughs> – you know it's amazing what they've uh what they've done in supporting you and i'm excited to uh you know on behalf of meltdown to present them with this look into the history of the batman thank you so much for having me it's, i'm so excited to get more into batman and to hopefully you know have the followers you know do more and listen more okay great <laughs> so thank you all very much this is Adam. You just heard from London and Shadow Adam as well. <laughs> and uh, we will see you or hear you or listen to you or you'll be listening to us, sorry, uh, next week when we go over the Joker. This has been the History of the Batman presented by Meltdown Comics and Collectibles. Thank you for listening. <laughs>